This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello, and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Deborah Fitzgerald, editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Deb? It's going great, Andrew. How about for you? I'm doing really well. I really, really want spring to come. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to come. Is it? Yeah, it is, because okay. Sunday was an inkling of what's going to come. You know, what's really funny is that my sister was just texting me. She lives in Alaska and there was still like five feet of snow when I went there a few weeks ago. And she told me that the snow has gone down a little bit. What happens is it just shrinks. It doesn't melt into like pools. And yet the mosquitoes have already started. So not only is there still like three feet of snow on the ground, but you have to use bug spray already when you go outside. So it could be worse. That was my, that's the lesson, the moral of this little story. That's fair. I feel like every day there's a glimpse of what could be and then we like go back in time. Yeah. Two months to snow and everything. But it's not something we're not used to. Right. I will say though, my yard floods on the side, not oh. around anything bad. So mm-hmm. it's it's fine, but it floods. So when all the snow melted, we had like a giant puddle in our yard. And then when everything finally dried up, that's the greenest area in my yard. Of course. And so now the big question, Andrew, is... Are you going to go with no mo may this year? Absolutely not. I learned my lesson <laughs> last year. Uh, more power to the people who can do it, but I can't. I <laughs> My house is right on the highway. It looks like it's derelict when I don't mow the lawn. And then when I finally do mow the lawn, it's a multi-day ordeal because it just it's too thick and too high and I can't get my mower through it. So Well, you gave it up for the pollinators last year. I mean, that caused you a lot of torment, but you stuck with it. Yep, I did my best, but... Uh, uh, not doing it again. Okay. So why don't we jump into the news before we break down a couple things from this week. Pulse looks a little different now. We got a couple new people on the team and I uh, just wanted to kind of welcome them to the team and talk about what they're going to be doing for us. Yeah. So it is very, very exciting. Probably, I don't know when the last time somebody read a headline that said newspaper hires two new reporters, but that is exactly what the Pulse has done. It's very exciting. One of those reporters, Kevin Bineski, just joined us last Monday, and Kevin is probably a name that some will recognize. He's an experienced reporter who came to us after a cut with a Green Bay newspaper. But he's worked at newspapers uh, around Wisconsin, also in Minnesota, and covered, you know, Kiwani, Dora County for Bay Publications for quite a while. He was also a sports editor, so he's going to be covering some of our sports. But the really exciting thing about this is it allows us to really push out our coverage. He's going to be covering from Sturgeon Bay all the way to the Kiwani border. He's also going to be covering some high school sports, which we haven't been able to do in a really long time. So this is so exciting because we're actually expanding our news coverage when most newspapers are cutting reporters. Then on the other side of the spectrum, we've hired another reporter, Sam Watson. Now, Sam is a University of Wisconsin-Madison journalism school graduate, or she will be in May. 
and she'll be joining us in June. So uh, Sam, too, is going to be helping us expand not only our news coverage, but also our arts and entertainment coverage. She's going to be handling our events calendar and doing a lot of other different things. So it's really very cool to be able to give a home to a reporter who is an experienced reporter and then also to a young reporter to help shape that person for the future of journalism. So it's just incredibly exciting. Right. So you're going to be seeing a couple new names in the paper as you pick it up every week. And you're going to be seeing some new content that we haven't been able to reach out to as much in the past. That is true. That is exactly true. Kevin lives in Sturgeon Bay. He grew up in Sturgeon Bay and he already owned a home there. So his entry was pretty seamless. Sam is learning what probably every other new hire to Dora County is learning. And that is there aren't a lot of houses out there. There aren't a lot of apartments. So she's having kind of a difficult time finding a place, which is a shameless plug. If you know of any two bedroom apartments for the June one period timeframe, then we have somebody to talk to. Yeah. Speaking of housing, just a quick sidebar. I'm the type of person who likes to go on Zillow and just look at what's available, I even though too. I'm not looking for anything. I do too. And I did a search for all of Door County mm-hmm. and filtered it by homes. And I think that there were maybe 70, 70 homes available of them. Four of them were under 200,000. Yes, it is really crazy. I mean, we have actually been looking at houses since we arrived. We, we bought our house two years ago and we love our house, but we wanted, you know, a little bit more land. And so we've basically been looking on a regular basis since we got here two years ago. And so I completely hear what you're saying. Right. And of those, like, you know, 80 houses that are above 200,000, maybe 25% of them are like, oh yeah, I could see that being 200,000. It's absolutely wild. Well, you know, interest rates are going back up. So we're not going to have those record low interest rates that made, you know, buying real estate like a free thing for most people. So I think that that's going to help the situation quite a bit. I mean, it's not going to help individual homeowners or first time buyers, you know, who want to get into the marketplace, but it's definitely going to help because it's not going to be so attractive to investors. Well, and it's weird too, because my, uh, my wife's family just sold their late grandfather's house in Elgin, Illinois. And it is a huge three story, five bedroom, four bathroom, tons of square footage, immaculate landscaping, huge backyard. They sold it for 320,000. And like that house up here would go for 500,000 easy just for the location. Right. So it is, the housing market's wild everywhere, but in Door County specifically, it is pretty impenetrable right now. Well, and especially since we're so accustomed to lower housing prices. I mean, that's the thing. When I first started looking for housing, it was before the pandemic actually hit. And it was before interest rates dropped to their, you know, record lows. So there was so much available at such inexpensive prices. So it's just really in the past couple of years that it's happened. Right. Another one of the, what I like to call the big three in terms of challenges for for getting new people up here is internet. And uh, we don't have anything to talk about with childcare, so we're not going to hit all three this week. No. But we do have some new news for the internet challenge. And there's a, a new person who's going to be helping out with figuring out broadband, correct? That is correct. So the County of Door had approved the hiring of a broadband coordinator who would help I guess with all of the municipalities, just uh, helping them access, you know, 
grant monies or help them through the process of getting their towns wired with fiber broadband. So Jessica Hatch is the person who took the position. I guess there were about six or so people who signed up. So the County of Dora is using their American Rescue Plan Act dollars or some of them about a million of dollars over the next three years to fund this position and any incentives or anything that the county is going to be doing to help municipalities. So this is supposed to be kind of the person who brings everybody together as everybody tries to get their towns and villages wired. Right. So officially now, when people ask, what are they doing about internet in Door County? You can say, we've got somebody looking at it. That's right. I mean, and they're doing a lot. The county has taken it on. There's a new broadband committee. So that oversight committee actually oversees what the broadband coordinator is doing, and that's two county supervisors and then a number of community members who who know about broadband and its challenges and as well as some of the solutions that are out there. So it's kind of exciting because now there is a clear direction, and that direction really did come from the broadband assessment that had been done by the Door County Economic Development Corporation a year earlier. Right. So, hope is on the horizon. Yes, yes, for all you people who are, you know, desperately in need of broadband. And I know in my neighborhood, that's a lot of people. Right. Let's take a break, Deb. And then when we come back, I want to talk about what I would assume is your favorite thing to talk about, which is the Potawatomi Tower. (laughs) And uh, the governor made an appearance at Pot Tower the other day. And uh, we're going to jump into what we learned from that. Okay, great. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. The podcast is also brought to you by Destination Door County. Join Destination Door County in celebrating National Travel and Tourism Week from May 1st to the 7th. Tourism plays a critical role in financially supporting our residents and is the reason so many unique experiences, attractions, and things like restaurants, parks, and entertainment venues are available in Door County today for all to enjoy. Tax dollars generated from visitors also financially support municipal governments throughout the county and have helped pay for many park upgrades and public green space expansions. Join Destination Door County in recognizing the importance of travel in our community during National Travel and Tourism Week. Okay, we are back. So, you decided to cover Potawatomi Tower again for (laughs) for some reason. And uh, the governor showed up and and had some things to say about it. So walk me through uh, what happened with this. Yeah. So what happened was an embargoed press release that came through on Sunday evening that the governor was going to be there the next day at Potawatomi Tower with an announcement that he was going to make. It didn't say anything else about what he was going to be announcing. That came really on the heels. Friday, we received a, a press release from Rebecca Clayfish, she's a former lieutenant governor, and she is one of the candidates who wants to challenge Evers in November. 
So she had issued a press release that said that she would fix the tower if she were elected governor and called on the Evers administration to not continue to study it, to just get some money and fix it as it stands right now. So that was kind of a little bit of pressure, I think, put on the Evers administration, which then came to Door County, to the tower, with the secretary of the DNR, Preston Cole, and a whole cavalcade of staff members to make the announcement that they wanted to make. And that announcement was that they had hired the engineer to do the concept drawings that they had ordered about, well, on April 11 was the deadline for these, uh, for engineers to bid on this project. So they had basically selected the engineer who would be doing the drawings. And so they came all the way up to Potawatomi Tower, three and a half hours one way, to announce that they had selected the engineer. And also, Evers said that he would put the project into his 2023-2025 budget. Got it. So you mentioned, you know, putting some pressure on Evers about this. And his response was to come and say, like, oh, we're doing something. Yes. Right? That, I don't know how often that comes up as, like, a political tactic. Maybe it comes up all the time, but it seems like a smart thing to do. Like, if you're, if you're the sitting politician and somebody says, I'm running on this platform to do this thing that they haven't done, and then you say, well, I'm going to do it before you get to, before anybody votes, and then you can't <laughs> use that against me. Like, oh, that's your platform? Well, I already did that. Well, yeah, and it is an election year, so, of course, these things that are happening are, you know, a little bit more transparent than they might be, at, you know, during some other times. The DNR had ordered these concept plans plans to show two different scenarios. You know, one of them would be to tear the tower down and build it up. That is in a way resembling the historic character of the tower right now. And then another is to fix the tower, you know, as it is. But uh, DNR Secretary Preston Cole made it very, very clear on Monday that neither of the options would be selected unless they were ADA accessible. So he is all he he really made his position very clear. It really didn't seem to matter anything else. I mean the historic character is important, but is important, but really what he was doing was placing primary significance on ADA accessibility, inclusivity, you know, opening the outdoors to everyone. So what we do know is that whatever concepts these drawings show, they will be ADA accessible. Right. It kind of begs the question of like, what is the tower and what is its importance to people? Is it the view from the top or is it the structure itself? I think it's both. Now, it was listed on the state and national register uh, last year and the year before that. And, and that was because it was the very first tower in Wisconsin to be built strictly for tourism. So it wasn't built as a fire tower. It was just built for the people of Wisconsin and for its visitors. So you could go to the top. I think that those who place a lot of importance on historic artifacts and historic structures understand the importance of the actual tower. So I think it's I think it's that. And also of course the views are breathtaking, you know, once you once you get to the top of it. Right. It just I was stepping outside the box for a minute to think about like what is like what's the important part 
of the tower. And I, I, I see both sides, but on one hand, if you're like, well, it's the view from the top, that's what, that's, what's really important. Then I suppose it doesn't really matter what the tower looks like. Yeah. But if it's the tower itself as an icon, then it definitely does matter mm-hmm. what it looks like and how that changes when incorporating ADA accessibility. Right. And also what they were doing is holding Eagle Tower up as the precedent, talking about how that was, you know, an impressive model of making the outdoors accessible. Well, Representative Joel Kitchens was there as well during the press conference on Monday. And, you know, he said quite simply that the legislature would not go for a $5 million second Eagle Tower at Pottawatomie State Park. So even if Evers were to put something like that into his budget, it wouldn't survive. So that was his prediction. So what that signals to most of the people who have been working on this for the past four years is that it's not going to get done. The concept drawings are not due until December, which is after the election. And then they'll go through the process of putting that out for public feedback. And then it has to go again to engineers for 35% concept plans and then eventually to 100%. So this is really long process. And meanwhile, the tower is in very bad condition. And those who are trying to save it are, you know, trying to stress that, that it's not going to last that much longer. So the people from the Sturgeon Bay Historical Society Foundation, who also happened to be at the press conference, were able to get an audience with the governor and talk with him about the immediate needs of the tower. And they said, you know what, this is great. You're getting concept plans. However, the tower is probably not going to survive while you're going through that process. And I was standing there. I had my recorder on and Governor Evers said, We will have the engineer that we selected take a look at that so that we can preserve this while they're doing the concept drawings. So that was really good news to the people who are trying to save the structure. Right. So there there is hope that even though this process is going to take a long time, Governor Evers said that he will make sure that it gets through that whole process without falling down. But this year, right, that they will attend to it with some kind of maintenance to make sure that it can, you know, withstand the delays that it's going to take to get something done. He said Joel Kitchen said that we're not going to get a second Eagle Tower in Door County. He said that that was highly unlikely. In fact, he said it's no way ever going to happen. Has anybody, so, has anybody said please? <laughs> like, why, why, Eagle can't, Tower? why can't we? But why do all the towers have to be the same? Don't we deserve it? Why? Why? Why do all the towers have to be this? No, I don't think so. Painted a different color. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a a matter of deserving it. I think it's more of a matter of, you know, not every park needs to offer the exact same cookie cutter amenity, you know, and especially when you're looking at. No, they didn't. didn't. Before? Well, I don't know. I mean, before Eagle Tower, we had three towers. Washington Island, Potawatomi, and Pencil State Park that were all basically identical. Yeah, and Washington Island, I don't think was a state park. So, well, I mean, uh, certainly the argument could be made based upon that, that yes, you could have another Eagle Tower. But I think that, you know, first, it would be great to be able to preserve this historic tower. You know, this is on the state and national registers. And so if you could combine history and ADA accessibility, that would be really cool. All right. Last thing I want to say about this, unless you have anything more to add. I don't. Um, Here's my pitch for fixing it. I okay. always like to come into these big problems and offer my solution. Yes. What if we built a power tower, like power from Six tower. Flags? 
Have you ever been on that? I don't think so. It's like a, it's a cube of benches that everybody sits in Mm -hmm. and then it takes you all the way up to the top and then drops you. Oh, I think I have seen that. I've never been on one. I, that was the first like major ride I ever rode and I didn't like it. Well, you know what? There was that solution. There is a thing called the hill climber that the Sturgeon Bay Historical Society Foundation found and presented that shows another solution that someone did elsewhere to get people to the top of the tower as an ADA accessibility thing. But it did not drop them. Well, the, it didn't the, bring them up and then drop. Where's the fun in that then? <laughs> right. Okay, yes. so Power Tower, that's my number one. All right, Power solution. Tower. Is that in Gurney? Gurney, Illinois at Six Flags in Gurney? Is that? There's one in Minnesota. Oh, there is? Yeah. Oh, where is, it, where is the one in Minnesota? It is by the Renaissance Fair. Oh. Where that goes. The Renaissance Fair. Yeah. So, really, you're using that as a landmark? Yeah. So for the 150 people who know where the Renaissance Fair is? <laughs> How dare you, number one. Number two, we can't get started on the Renaissance Fair because I will talk for an hour. About I knew my that. I knew that. Fairs. That's why I was poking you, Andrew. All right. So if Power Tower is too expensive, one last thing. Let's yes. just, let's fix it and then do like a pulley system. Would that get us there? A pulley system? Right. No. Oh, that's very medieval. Well, we were, just talking, yeah, we were just talking Yeah, we talking about Renaissance Fair. That's where my, my brain went. Okay. Well, All right, Deb. I think that we covered it this week. I think we did too. All right. Thank you so much for chatting with me. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Always a pleasure. You interrupted my segue again. I did. (laughs) And I don't know how to end a podcast unless I say the same thing every week. I know. And so now that's my goal, of course. All right. Well, I'm hoping that the music is loud enough now to just kind of trail out and then. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.